Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. everybody and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. I am so excited to welcome this episode's guest. I met Faye Lawand many years ago in Kuwait. Then she moved and we lost touch. But recently we reconnected online and social media, that wonderful social media, and her journey has taken her in a new direction to a new place, and I am so excited to find out more. Faye, welcome. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you for the warm welcome. And it's so nice to reconnect after all these years and after so much has happened, both in our own journeys and also in the global trajectory of everybody else's journey in the past two years. So I think this conversation will be quite timely as we kind of move beyond the pandemic towards the new normal of the post-pandemic world. Absolutely. And your, your work is so fascinating. And so I, I can't wait to delve into a, a little bit more, but I, I really didn't say too much about what you are doing, where you are. So please introduce yourself to my listeners. <laughs> With pleasure, Eileen. So I'm based in Auckland, New Zealand. So I'm coming to you, unless you're in New Zealand, I'm coming to you from the future. I always come to everyone from the future. And is the so future think, looking bright? That's what I usually tell people. So, well, it's actually quite cold because, you know, we're in the Southern Hemisphere, right? All right. So now we're moving into winter and it's right. like, yes, I've got the heaters on and I've got a jumper and scarf. <laughs> so it's looking quite different than where you are yeah. in the Northern Hemisphere. So New Zealand has been home for the past uh, eight years. And uh, in that time, other than moving to be with my gorgeous Kiwi husband that I met and fell in love with in the Middle East, actually, mm -hmm. where, we were just, where we were working together, um, I set up a wellness business here. And I work with predominantly professional women, but also men mm -hmm. who are tired, wired and uninspired. You know, they've reached their midlife they've established their careers, they've established families, relationships, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. But life is starting to catch up with them. All the stuff from the past that hasn't been dealt with, what I call the unresolved internal conflicts, they're starting to rear their ugly head and showing up in either mm -hmm. compromised health or compromised mental health, difficulty in relationships, um, difficulty finding meaning and a sense of belonging in life or in their relationships. And I work with them in order to get them back on track, but without talk therapy, which doesn't work, I'm sorry, and I want us to delve into that, and without uh, meditation, and obviously without any, uh, any meltdown, so that then they can move forward. Because once they've resolved whatever internal chaos is going on, mm -hmm. they can move forward with where they want to go with ease and with an open an open route, an open pathway or straight ahead. Wow. Oh, yeah, and so I do this in a one-on-one -on -one yeah. context okay. through group coaching, through a training program, seminars, and also through uh, through retreats. So different modalities. And it's all the work is based around, revolves around my proprietary system that I developed through my own journey 
with a lifetime of chronic conditions and mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, like when we do this work, especially when we come to this type of work later on in life, we come into this work, it eventually becomes a calling, but, 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 but it arises from a need, a sure. personal need in our journey mm -hmm. to find healing, belonging and recovery when the traditional solutions fail you like they did with me. So when my life started kind of like crumbling and falling apart and I didn't know what was going on and I sought out the traditional solutions of, you know, mm -hmm. going to a, a general practitioner and then who then referred me on to psychologists and a psychiatrist. And when those solutions of talk therapy and medication failed me, then I was left with the inquiry, that open-ended question. Well, right. if not that, then what else? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, over the past 15 years, actually more like 16, the inquiry has been into, okay, if you're not going to go down the traditional path, a route of medication and talk therapy, what, mm -hmm. other, what other modalities or structures or frameworks or paradigms are available for someone who wants to free themselves of trauma, depression, and, and burnout? Mm -hmm. And through uh, an inquiry in order to heal myself from these chronic debilitating conditions and experimenting with what worked and what didn't. Eventually, when I came out on the other side, I pieced together what worked for me on my own healing journey into a proprietary nine-step system called the Tiredness Solution that takes one from being sick and tired of being tired, depressed, anxious, right. not belonging, uninspired, to a place where they can live the life that they want in whatever way that is appropriate to them. Right. Oh my gosh, so much to get into. I can't wait. Let's I can't wait to get started. Yes. So my first question to my guests is always if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Self. The capital S. Because we cannot um experience belonging with others, with community, with idea, with future, if we're disconnected from ourselves. It's just literally, it's literally impossible and it's also neurologically impossible, Eileen. Right. And sadly, sadly, where many of us stray so far away from the positive internal states that come with a sense of belonging is we keep searching for belonging in externals. And I know we've heard that, you know, before we search for belonging in like relationships or career or, you know, uh, hobbies or pastimes. And there's nothing wrong with having all those pillars in place in our life. There's absolutely nothing wrong. However, as long as there's discernment between our desire for these things in order to enhance our life right. and not for them to be the, the, the source, the primary source of our belonging, right. because unless we've established a really solid sense of self, mm -hmm. where we know ourselves, we know who we are, we accept who we are, we've made peace with who we are, uh, and therefore belong to ourselves, it's right. really going to be quite difficult to find any sense of belonging or happiness or peace or harmony with your environment as wonderful as your external environment might be. Right. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I call that self-belonging and it is in my term. I've seen others use it, but that whole idea of self-awareness, self-confidence, self-esteem, all those self-words is that self-belonging, that sense of self. And yeah. although we can't really develop it first, 
it definitely needs to be developed in order for our other relationships to be stronger, for us not to have those self-doubts and for us not to try to fit in as Brene Brown talks about, totally. which is a real, real belonging, right? Totally. And for us to move away from the self-sabotage, because the self-sabotage comes from not knowing ourselves, not being okay with who we are, not yes. being okay with being with ourselves. But you know, you know, Eileen, because we're both educators and come from a background of education, mm -hmm. we also know that uh, unless you've heard that message somewhere about like, you know, be with yourself, accept yourself, like yourself, know yourself, it's going, it's not going to be possible for you to reach those positive internal states that come with a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Because certainly, I don't know about your upbringing, but in my upbringing, I never heard that message anywhere, not in right. school, not in community not with my family, not with my parents. And it wasn't until much later on when life caught up with me and I was looking to heal from trauma, depression, and burnout that I realized that really at the heart of all those chronic conditions, really at the heart of all of them is a disconnection from self. Disconnection from self with big S. Because when we're connected with self with big S, not only do we know ourselves, but we're also connected with all our internal resources. We have absolute connection to that infinite funnel of and well of motivation and confidence and knowing and and satisfaction and, and peace and all of that stuff that we seek externally yeah absolutely oh i, I love everything that you're saying so the first question i wanted to ask you obviously and you've mentioned a bit about it you've had quite a life journey um, mm -hmm. And your personal journey has turned into that personal mission of sorts. And the personal mission has that you use to heal yourself has yeah. moved to helping others heal themselves. Heal themselves. And obviously, we we're talking a lot about burnout now, um, in terms of uh, educators, in terms of of people just trying to survive what we've been through over the last more than two years and going into third year. So please share what you do as a coach, um, a mentor, and and how you got started and why you started. So I'm known here in New Zealand and also internationally as New Zealand's trusted internal conflict resolution expert, right? So I mentioned earlier that I work with adults to help them resolve their internal conflicts. And mm -hmm. You know, never in my wildest dreams, you know, like when we're at school and we're teenagers and our teachers ask us, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I never, Eileen, raised my hand and said, I want to be an internal conflict resolution expert or a burnout coach or a stress elimination specialist. I never said that because I didn't even know what that was, but that was born out of my need to bring those solutions to my life. And so I think, you know, a little bit about my life journey that I was born in Lebanon like right around the time of the civil war, right? Mm -hmm. The civil war of the 1970s, which as you may know, and maybe your listeners may know or may recall, was one of the, actually, I mean, all, all civil wars are bloody and chaotic and messy, but that was quite messy actually in the Middle East, spanned nearly 17 years, um, cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of people lost their lives, millions of others were displaced from the conflict. And so from early, early, early on, my entry into the world was marked by chaos, confusion, and conflict, right? Mm -hmm. However, however, we left the area of conflict pretty early on. Like I was about five when I left. 
And what I always heard, which then eventually became my belief system, right, is we left early, we were unaffected by the war. And of course, there was immense gratitude for not living the bloodbath of the war for 15 years. Of course, there was. And so that became my, uh, my, my, my story, the story that I was telling myself on autopilot. I wasn't, in fact, impacted by conflict. I wasn't impacted by the war. Anyway, so we moved around a lot in the 70s and 80s looking for belonging, mm. right? Looking for belonging, right? And uh, eventually we settled down in Canada and then I studied in the United States. And then eventually I started off my career in teaching in Curacao. And that's where I had my first burnout. And my first burnout was I was living in the Caribbean, basically where other people go to vacation. Right. And this is what's really important to keep in mind that burnout is not, is not about your job. It's not about your to-do list. It's not about your relationship. It's not about where you live. I was living in a tropical island and a tropical paradise where I had my first burnout. Sure. And what I didn't, so one day on my way to work, I was in education at the time, but leading up to the time, I, leading up to that fateful morning in October of 20, uh, 2006, I hadn't uh, read the signs and picked up on the signs that the mind was signaling through the body. You know, because the mind is always speaking to us through the body sure. of what it needs us to do to regulate and come back into balance. Yeah. But, you know, A, either we choose not to pay attention, but I think more importantly, Eileen, what happens is we don't know. We've not been taught how right. to listen to the body. We've not been taught how to decode the messages of the body. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I never, I learned that as an adult, as a result of my own yes. uh, trouble with chronic issues. Anyway, so my body was speaking to me leading up to that faithful morning through fainting spells, through chronic pain. I mean, oh my gosh, goodness. chronic pain is the number one, is a number one a signal of an unresolved internal conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, through pounding headaches, uh, through um, horrible digestive issues, mm. unhappiness. I mean, you name it, you name it. Life was very, very bleak, although externally you would have never known because mm -hmm. I became professional at putting on the mask. And this is what happens. I see this time and time again with my clients. When we don't belong to ourselves, when we haven't uh, healed our relationship with ourselves, fostered a deep relationship with ourselves, we end up being getting professional, putting on the mask. You know, smiling on the outside when you're not feeling it on the inside, saying you're okay when you're not okay. Right. Well, that type of that type of disintegrity mm -hmm. creates massive internal havoc, massive massive internal conflict. Which, when there's internal conflict on the inside, mm -hmm. it basically churns your stress hormones. You know, sure. so you're you're in cortisol overproduction, overproduction of all the stress hormones. And we know what happens when we are in a state of overproduction of stress hormones. You know, it's the, the internal the internal terrain becomes rife for for inflammation and then chronic disease. Right. Anyway, so that fateful morning in October on the way to on the way to work, I lost. I was driving. I completely lost control of the car. The car went <gasps> oh, spinning. And I passed out. I passed out behind the wheel of the car. It was, it was like, it was so frightening. It was petrifying, actually. Oh, goodness. And I think what was more petrifying, I was fine. When I came to, I was fine, fine. Mm -hmm. 
there was a sense of what just happened and how do you explain that, you know, especially to your boss? Like, what do you tell your boss? Like, that's worse than, I mean, we're educators, you know, if we have a staff member come in and they say, you know, I lost control of the, at the wheel of the car. It's like, really? Anyhow, um, eventually, eventually I mustered up the courage to go and look into what was going on. Mm -hmm. Test after test after test came back negative. Test after test. Now, for your listeners, I just want to pause here and mention that um, because I hear it from my clients as well all the time, Eileen, you know, they come to me as a last point of call where all the other solutions have failed them, where the medical, there's no medical diagnosis. Everything is fine, but they're not feeling okay. And we know, we know what it's like to feel okay, even though on paper, it shows that we are okay. Yes. And now the statistics tell us uh, that 90%, 90% of all doctors' visits end up with uh, unexplained causes. That means that nine out of 10 people who walk into a doctor's office with symptoms walk mm-hmm. away with no explanation, medical explanation of what's going on with them. Wow. So they're either they're either in symptom treatment or basically trying to figure out what's wrong, which basically creates even more internal yes. uh, chaos and confusion. Sure. So I was that statistic, but I didn't know I was part of a statistic, right? Eventually, after maybe the sixth or the seventh um, doctor's visit, doctor came in and he goes, I have really good news for you. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to get a medical diagnosis. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And I can take a pill. That's what, that's what I was after. Give me a pill. Well, that's right? what we're taught, right? Totally. Totally. And the doctor said, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You have a clean bill of health. And I burst into tears, but you know, the type of sobbing, you know, where like, you're like mm-hmm. drooling and you're like heaving and you can't mm-hmm. breathe anymore. It was that time. And the question to the doctor was but doctor I don't understand if there's nothing wrong with me why aren't I feeling okay yeah and that was the question that was the question that started off this journey because they put me on they put me on antidepressants and um and talk therapy and I immediately rejected the the depressants, the antidepressants, because I intuitively felt that that wasn't the solution that I was after. And I just, as a caveat here, I am not prescribing or or not prescribing medication to anyone who is listening. I just, I'm just sharing my journey. I'm not, this isn't my scope of practice to talk about prescription or antidepressants. Right. Because there is definitely a place for antidepressants. I just want to make that clear for anyone listening and wondering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and with the talk therapy, I thought, okay, you know, there was some kind of, I felt there was some, some kind of common sense to the doctor's uh, thought process that what was going on inside could have something to do with psychology or unresolved emotions. I'm like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I went to talk, two sessions of talk therapy and I never went back because for me, it wasn't getting me, moving me forward, going round and round and round and round in circles, talking about how bad my life was. I was after a solution. Sure. I wasn't after revisiting how bad my life was. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I'm like, okay, if I don't want the medication and I don't want the talk therapy, I need to find a way out of this because it wasn't livable. And that's when I started slowly. You know, I mean, you see all of these 
certificates and pieces of paper behind me, I started studying and, 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 and training and getting going to workshops and reading and, and research and research and then applying what I learned in my life, you know, and, and watching and observing. But, you know, I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have a system to follow. I didn't have a community to belong to. I just basically had to figure it out by myself. Yeah. And eventually, eventually, you know, the symptoms cleared and they cleared naturally and they cleared mm. without medication and wow. without endless hours of talk therapy. Mm. And they cleared because eventually, eventually I figured out the missing link the missing link with all of these chronic conditions that we face mm -hmm. and the mental health issues, which is, which lies with the autonomic nervous system and what's happening in the subconscious mind underneath our conscious awareness or our thinking mind, right. because whatever confusion or chaos is there right. that hasn't been resolved, like in my case mm -hmm. was impacting other areas of my life. So yes, while I left the chaos behind at the age of five, the internal patterns of chaos followed me sure. throughout my life, even though I was living in very peaceful, prosperous places, mm -hmm. internally, the experience was very different. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you talk about the autonomic system and, and you talked previously about the, the brain body connection and all of that brings to mind um, uh, Dr. Stephen Porges's uh, polyvagal yes. theory, which is yes. something that I mentioned in my book, but is really, really important <laughs> for for people to understand about and and also our students and our children to understand that uh, mind body connection um but it's it's so interesting all that you know that you've talked about in your journey and the fact that you never really got a diagnosis i mean there was nothing that said you have this or you have that and you ended up doing research and, and uh, studying and learning more about in order this whole idea of heal thyself. Um, and now you're able to, to use it with, with other, other clients, with other people who need your help. And there are awful lot of people out there who, who need exactly that right, right now. Yeah. You talk about the tiredness solution and I, I would love to talk more about that. So maybe that's sort of the next step. And if not, yeah. Give us the in-between and then, and then what is the tiredness solution? Sure. Just before we get into the tiredness mm -hmm. solution, just to echo what you were saying about so many people are left without answers when they're looking for answers in order right. to move forward. This right now is my biggest mission because I really want this type of work, not my work, but there's, there's so many people doing this type of work, mm -hmm. you know? For this to become a first point of call, because Eileen, there's too many people, too many people being left behind in the medical system. You know, we talk about no child left behind in education, but what about the adult, adults being left behind with the medical system? What about them? You know, and I'm one of the fortunate ones because I had the insight, the time, the resources mm -hmm. to research other solutions. Right. But a lot of people don't Eileen and then what happens to them and that's like kind of like the anger and the injustice that fuels my mission <laughs> you know? there's a little yes. bit of a warrior thing behind behind yes. this as well because yes. I really would like the world to look different mm -hmm. particularly in a post-pandemic world particularly 
And you mentioned the work of Dr. Stephen Porges. Now more than ever, his work is so important across all sectors Mm -hmm. of our societies, you know, because safety is everything. Yes. You can't, you know, that belonging, that safety Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without it, without it, our nervous system remains in survival mode. And when the nervous system is in survival mode, neurologically, it is impossible to access those other states that we seek that give us fulfillment and joy and, and you know, that good health and well-being. Yes. Thank you. And good health and well-being. Yes. Impossible neurologically. Right. Right. And so my tiredness solution basically is the culmination of this journey. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, as I said, it was initially, it was, you know, in order to banish my symptoms of burnout, depression, and anxiety, but really it is a framework and a solution for you to banish anything that you're sick and tired of, anything, mm-hmm. self-esteem, chronic pain, chronic insomnia, uh, you name it. And wow. so uh, there's basically nine things that you mm-hmm. need to do, nine elements or nine principles, if you want to move away from these chronic conditions okay. and more towards that, you know, the life worth living. And you can find this information on my website. It's just freely available, failawan.com. And the nine steps are in no particular order, although I'm going to start with one that is my starting point always. And that is assuming responsibility for change. And while this one may may seem trite, Eileen, it's so important for us to assume responsibility for where we want to go. Because if we don't Hmm. assume responsibility for, look, I want to free myself of burnout. I want to find freedom from depression. I want to find freedom from chronic pain. It's my responsibility. It's not my doctors. It's not my boss. It's not the school system. It's not the politicians. It's my responsibility, right? And it's really, really, it's so, but it's so, such a simple thing, Mm -hmm. such a simple thing, but yet uh, such a huge piece Mm -hmm. of the puzzle because it is said that once one assumes responsibility for where they're going, basically that's half the journey. Mm-hmm. you're halfway there already you're halfway right. there right and part of assuming responsibility for change for those of you who are listening so i would suggest start off by declaring you know uh, start off by declaring you know that you are responsible for mm-hmm. finding that freedom but also declare what you want instead because too often you know when we're when we're bogged down also neurologically you know when we're bogged down and emotionally and psychologically in these states of depression burnout and trauma we're so habituated with the story we lose sight of what we want instead so right. part of assuming responsibility for change is declaring in positive affirmative language what you want instead nice. so instead of saying i don't want to be angry anymore well what do you want instead of being angry mm-hmm. if you don't want to feel tired all the time well what do you want to feel instead just mm-hmm. declare it right okay so then there's also there's also reframing the negativity bias you know like you cannot move beyond mental health and chronic health conditions if you don't do something with the internal negativity bias which we all have all seven billion of us on the planet Mm -hmm. you also need to resolve tensions from your physical body right right? because our physical body is the vessel for our life experience Mm -hmm. right all the all the events and experiences of our life or if you believe lifetimes are imprinted in our physical form right Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm not talking just about exercise, although that's really important, but I'm talking about like the deeper physical structures of the body, the fascia, the myofascia, the meridians, the joints, just making sure, you know, that those are free of tension mm -hmm. because you cannot find well-being if your physical form is, uh, is tense and tight. Not possible. Of course, yeah. You also need to let go of chronic stress. This whole thing about manage your stress does not work. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, like I know this may sound controversial and we all know about the stress management techniques. I see it day after day after day after day in my clinic. You know, my clients, they listen to the apps, they do their diaphragmatic breathing, they use their essential oils, they go to a yoga class, you know, they do their affirmations, their journal, but yet they're so mad, they're so stressed. Well, why? Why is that? And the reason for that is because they have been managing stress instead of dealing with the chronic stress that's underneath the surface that they're not even aware of. Right. And that's keeping the stress hormones and overproduction. This is huge. This sure. is so important because it at seems the heart so of simple and so obvious, but it's not. It's in plain sight. You see, all of these things are like in plain sight, but right. like. But what we do is, unfortunately, I think it is because of, and again, because I'm an educator, I feel I can say that. I think because of the uh, over-focus in our school systems on mm -hmm. left brain thinking. Right. I think yes, we've been yes. conditioned to think that unless something, a solution is really sophisticated and complex, it's not going to be effective. Mm -hmm. So we keep yeah. searching with our left brain thinking for those big complex solutions mm -hmm. and we overlook the simplicity of the most effective solutions i love that i love the way you said that yes yes mm -hmm. yeah. you also need to in order to move away from these chronic stress conditions and mental health conditions and find solutions for all of these you also need to uh, develop a rapport a relationship with your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind drives everything, right? Mm -hmm. It drives your emotions, it drives your beliefs, it drives your behavior, it drives your actions and your non-actions. Mm -hmm. It's behind everything that you do. And unfortunately, because we're so much in our conscious thinking head, mm -hmm. we've, which is basically accounts for 7% of consciousness, 7%, mm -hmm. we've totally overlooked the other 93% that is the driver of everything in our life. Everything that we're getting or not getting mm -hmm. is under the purview of our subconscious mind. So you know, we need to develop a relationship with our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. We also need to um, regulate the nervous system. This is, I cannot begin to tell you how important this is, especially, especially today. By today, I mean like not this day, but like in this day and age that we're living in, yes. where there is so much uncertainty. And mm -hmm. so much unpredictability and so much unfamiliarity because our nervous system is attuned to um, uh, predictability and familiarity yeah. because that equates to safety. Yes. In the absence of familiarity and predictability, the nervous system feels unsafe. Right. And then it triggers the biology of defensiveness and hypervigilance, which means without you even action. realizing it. Yes. You don't even know it. Mm -hmm. You don't even know it, but it's mm -hmm. so important to attend to that. Yes. You also need to resolve your internal conflicts. Basically, what are the life experiences that you haven't looked at? The past hurts you haven't dealt with. The early childhood experiences that you haven't resolved. 
the forgiveness that hasn't happened, the limiting beliefs that you're holding on to, the negative emotions that haven't been integrated, the values that have been misaligned, all of that stuff needs to be integrated. Mm -hmm. And when it is, when it is, it is so quick and easy to recover from these chronic conditions. I can't begin to tell you, like the longest I've ever, ever, ever had to work with a client with the most chronic conditions is like four months. That's it, four months. Wow. years to figure this out four months and usually within the first two weeks they Mm -hmm. feel a difference because you're working with the levels at which these issues are created and stored nervous system and subconscious subconscious mind you're not talking your way out of the issues you're going deep down to where the issues started and are stored and you're releasing them and you're returning to wholeness Mm -hmm. at a physical felt sense nervous system level it's so powerful oh my gosh so powerful so empowering and so simple easy yes 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 it's it's something well i don't know how easy it is because people having to go through the idea of labeling um first of all expressing big emotions which we are not really good at doing because we don't learn how to do that early on, which is one thing that I'm advocating for. And then also just the idea about being able to see that certain things we experience are still affecting us, which we often don't make those connections. Um, So yes, this is just amazing. We often hear about self-care and you've, sort of alluded to it without talking about self-care and self-care is very misunderstood um but we're we're not sure what that is how to do it so what advice do you give to your clients and others about taking care of themselves and you've alluded to a couple of things um that we really need to start with but in general where where do we go first and 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 what what do we do what do we need to look for when we're talking self-care, maybe we, we should stop calling it self-care. Do you know that word is one of my biggest pet peeves? Oh, good. <laughs> like, I think it's my pet peeve because, as you said, it's quite misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not producing the results. That's why, because, you know, when when in the mainstream, we talk about self-care, we refer to self-care, people kind of er erroneously Mm -hmm. misassociated with going for manicure or pedicure or having a bath or going for massage. And those are, look, that's, I'm not poo-pooing them. I love to do those all the time. However, that's, ask yourself this question. If that is your self-care routine, to what extent is it giving you the results that you want? I mean, to what extent is it really reinvigorating from the inside out? To what extent is it reconnecting you with yourself? To what extent is it reconnecting you with a sense of, well-being and if it is please continue doing it please Mm -hmm. by all means now where i would like to take this conversation is for those of you who are doing all of these things or know people who are doing all of these things and you're not getting the results then what else can you be doing right and this is my message so with all of the work that i've done where I'm up to now is, and I alluded to, I alluded to it before about the nervous system. Mm-hmm. I go to the nervous system first. Okay. 
And there's a quote by um, Galen, who is an ancient Greek philosopher, physician, and uh, poet. And he said uh, around the third century AD, he said, look to the nervous system for maximum well-being. And through my years now of my own healing journey and now working with my clients, I have come to understand that it is impossible to have positive health, whether it's mental or physical, without nervous system regulation. Right. So self-care, if you want to, to really like take your self-care to the next level, yes. look at nervous system practices that will support your nervous system so that your nervous system will support you because your nervous system is in literally every detail of your life, every detail. It's in every detail of your health, yes. every detail of your mind. It's in everything. It's in your sugar cravings. It's in your digestion. It's in your mm -hmm. sleep. It's in your decision-making. It's in your emotions. It's in your responses. It's also in your non-actions. It's in everything. Yes. So support your nervous system and you will find an immediate coming back to a place of belonging to well-being within within yourself mm -hmm. and that for me is what i consider self-care yes oh we need to package that <laughs> let's do it now if you want to get started so i've got a free facebook community group called the nervous system wellness tribe okay you're very welcome. send me you're that link welcome. so i can include it in the show notes yes and there is, and, and in it, I share a free calendar of 30 micro practices Wonderful. to restore your nervous system that are like self-care practices. Mm -hmm. And maybe not all of them will resonate for you, mm -hmm. but as you trial them, you'll realize that, oh, a few of them are going to work for you. And nice. then those are the ones that I would encourage you to keep and do more of. Nice. Nice. That's wonderful. Oh my goodness. I have learned so much and this reconnection, I'm so glad that we reconnected because me too, Arlene. Me yes, too. you are so amazing. And the work that you're doing is so important, especially right now. So is there anything else that we didn't talk about that, or any other advice that you wanted to give the listeners before we, um, close down? Yes, I'm going to sound like a broken record. In every single podcast interview, I talk about this and I feel it is impossible to talk about belonging without bringing up the role of digital discipline in our mm. uh, intent and commitment to belong and reconnect. Nice. I mean, like we're talking, it's a little bit of an oxymoron because it is because of the digital technology that you and I are having this conversation sure. and reconnected, right? Mm -hmm. However... What I see is uh, at, um, with the overutilization and over-reliance on particularly social media and particularly yes. with our younger generations, mm -hmm. it completely takes you away from yourself. Yeah. Yes. And Eileen, it is impossible, impossible to remain grounded and centered if we're constantly externalized. And nothing can externalize us faster than overconsumption of social media, particularly, particularly in those critical moments and of our brainwave activity, first thing in the morning and last thing at night. Oh, interesting. 
because Eileen, what happens is first thing in the morning and last thing at that, and I'm talking about like right before you drift off and right after you wake up, you know, like when you feel really sedated and really heavy in the physical body, mm-hmm. that is when, that is when basically you're in hypnosis, you're in the subconscious mind, 100% you're in the subconscious. Oh. So everything that you put in there, the mind is so receptive and it goes deep down. So think about it. You've got a window, a window. You've been wired with a window of reprogramming. Sure. If during that time, instead of going inwards and connecting with what you want more of and how you want Mm -hmm. to feel and visualizing how you want your day to go or how you want your life to go, you're consuming and you're scrolling, you're immediately externalizing yourself. You're immediately starting off your day, comparing yourself to other people, consuming the thoughts of someone else, consuming the emotions of someone else, consuming the images of someone else, consuming the agendas of someone else. You do this like consistently, you're constantly Mm -hmm. externalized during the most critical time of brainwave activity. And then Mm -hmm. you wonder why you're anxious. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I do with my I wonder why your day started off so poorly. (laughs) There you go. Or ended up and then you're having these dreams that are waking you up during the Or you can't sleep or you can't sleep or your mind Ah. is going round and round and round in circles. Yes. And when I'm not, when I'm talking about digital discipline, I mean, I'm not just talking about the social media, which is like pretty bad, but it's also like reaching for the news first thing in the morning. Wow. Mm. Immediately you're in sympathetic activation first thing in the morning. Yes. Or reaching for your emails. You know, you start off your day you know, with one email and like your whole day is going to get shot. Right. And if the, if you do nothing else, if you really, really want to come back to self mm-hmm. and really kind of like come back to what we've been talking about and explore right. the, the bounties that come with connecting with self, mm-hmm. try for seven days, for seven days to switch off your phone for five minutes before you drift off and keep it off for five minutes after you wake up and just notice the difference that it makes mm. to your day and to the way that you feel in yourself and in your day. It's really quite, it's really, really quite radically transformative. Yes. And, and so simple because we're being mindful about how we're treating our, you know, our minds, you know, we're, we're being intentional yes. about it, but something totally. so simple Wow. Totally. Yes. I think I have to try that in the morning. That's not a problem for me really, but in the evening before I go to sleep, I think, think that's something that I need to be more intentional and mindful about. So, Oh, what a great tip. Yes. Faye, this has been wonderful. You mentioned the, Likewise, Facebook. Yeah, the, the you mentioned the Facebook group and uh, I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes. Where else are the best places or is the best place for people to find you if they want to reach out to you? Yes. So there's my website, just my name, Faye Lawand. So, so think magic wand. And, and also my, my social media platforms by my name. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Facebook also under, uh, under Faye Lawand. Okay, perfect. Yes. I'll make sure all of that goes um, into the show notes. Oh, I'm so excited to share this episode. I think it's going Thank to be you, so helpful to so many people. Oh, Oh, that's my intention, Eileen. That is my intention. Thank you again, Faye. And I'm so glad we reconnected. Me too. Me too. Me too. Thank you also for the work that you're doing and for being a beacon of wisdom and light and uh, positivity. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.